Well, well, well. It is good to see you guys. Last time we all saw each other like this was at our candlelight Christmas Eve service. That was amazing. And we had, we had battery-powered candles in here. It was incredible. We had pictures with Santa. It was truly miraculous. And so we are here in the new year, and uh, I'm just pumped for all that God's doing. We ended the year saying, hey, we wanted to start off 2018 with a sprint and not a limp. And so we had this, this battery gift offering that we received and we're, we're still calculating how much money has been raised and things like that but I just want to let you guys know that in the month of December over $30,000 came in and so can we give Jesus a round of applause for that I'm like super pumped because this church really isn't built on the talents of a few like we've been talking about. It's built on the sacrifice of many. And I really just see that God is developing something here where we're saying, hey, Bellevue, we're going to make known the beauty of Jesus. For all of you who are lost in the dark, depressed, looking for hope, looking for answers, struggling with a lack of community, struggling with addictions, there's a community here that's saying, hey, we want to show you love. We want to show you the beauty of Jesus. We don't want to just gather here and be like a holy huddle, huddle and cuddle, but we want to be on mission. We want to show you that there is hope in life for you. And so I just want to say, Kalos Church, I am so proud of you. Thank you for being God's hand and feet and making a difference in this area. Can we give God a round of applause for what he's doing in this place? Come on. It's awesome to see that God is alive in Bellevue. God has not given up on this region, but there are people who are at the beginning of their new beginnings. Amen. Amen. And so we're starting a brand new series. We're going to talk about all things new, and we're going to really start the year strong. And today we're going to be uh, just sharing a lot of things about how we can start off this new year right. I, I was just in Minnesota and Kansas visiting family over the, the break, and it was awesome. And I just want to say I love that I live in Washington. Oh, my goodness. Kansas and Minnesota. It is so cold. It was like negative 36 with wind chill and all that. And uh, I woke up, it was so cold and dry that I woke up with nosebleeds. What in the world is going on? And so I'm just thankful to be in the land of no nosebleeds. It is so moist and I feel like my brown tropical Sri Lankan skin was designed for the humidity. And so thank you, Jesus for the moisture in the air that my body just absorbs. It's like I'm at full strength now. And uh, as we were talking about the New Year's, uh, uh, my sister, she was saying, oh man, 2017 was pretty, pretty rough. And I just wanna, I wanna start off kind of like having a, a, you know, a fast or a purge. I just need to have a cleanse in this new year. And so she's actually, and my sister's name, for those of you who don't know, her name is Pradeepa and my name is Pradeepin. And so there's a lot of confusion in our home, a lot, and not a lot of creativity with my parents naming us. I'll just add an ed. Looks good, son, all right. Uh, she said, I just want to start off the, the new year kind of clean, cleansed, purged. And so I'm doing uh, a 10-day uh, trip of silence in Hawaii. <laughs> so in a couple of weeks, she's going to Hawaii, and she's going to Ten, spent 10 days not talking to anybody, which is really crazy. And I told her, you know what, a, a cleanse to start the year off would be really, really good and healthy. So I think I'm going to do 10 days of not listening to anybody. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> Happy New Year. 
Uh, but this whole season of new beginnings, new year, new me, it really brings us to think of who do I want to be in the new year? What are my new year's resolutions going to be? And it really got us thinking, even as Kalos Church, like how do we want to start off as a community? And uh, there's a prayer that uh, I've been praying that uh, Pastor Amritha's been praying, and it comes out of John 3.30, and it says this. Uh, we can put that on the screen, but John the Baptist says this prayer. He says about Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. And with Kalos Church, that is really a cry of our heart, that, dear Lord, in this new year, we would start off saying, Jesus, we want you to increase in our lives. We want you to increase in our community, and we want to decrease all these things that had been holding us back, all these things that have been holding us down, we want them to decrease. And uh, it's during these transition times, though, many of us, we can struggle with New Year's resolutions. Anybody here ever struggle with completing a New Year's resolution? Wow. Anybody here never struggle with completing the New Year's resolution? All right. Amen. All right. Adrian, well done. Well done. And, uh, you know, some of us were like, I want to lose weight, or I want to read more, or I want to be more spiritually strong. I want to pray more. I want to read my Bible more. And uh, uh, here, here are a couple of examples that can kind of happen to us as we go throughout the year and we try to do these New Year's resolutions. Can you put up this first picture, Phil? So New Year's resolution, I'm going to exercise my right to eat more tacos. <laughs> Let it soak in. All right, next one. My New Year's resolution is to be more assertive, if that's okay with you guys. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I need to start eating more healthy, but first I need to eat all the junk food in the house so it's not there to tempt me anymore. Anybody there? <laughs> all right, next one. I'm going to lose weight. I'm gonna exercise every day. I'm gonna go on a diet and stick to it. Is that cake? <laughs> you guys are awkward laughing because it's hitting a chord in you. Some of you guys are feeling like, oh my gosh, that's me. All right, next one. Is there a next one? Oh yeah. Is there a list one, Phil? Yeah, here we go. My New Year's resolutions are, one, stop making lists. B, be more consistent. Seven, learn to count. <laughs> <laughs> And so for those of you who are new at Kalos Church who, are, who have forgotten, we are a church in a comedy club, and it is okay to laugh, even if it's a really bad joke that was pulled off the internet. This is a safe place, all right? Can you just look at someone next to you and say, this is a safe place. <laughs> it's a safe place. It's okay to laugh. So let's practice that one more time. Let's, let's all laugh together. One, two, three. <laughs> uh. You know, and sometimes we, we just struggle with making these new resolutions and we have trouble following through with them. And I don't know, maybe this year you're, you're trying to be something new or you're trying to advance on some of these habits or strengths that you built on this last year. And as a community, we want to be a support system where we can all step into 2018 with the sprint and not a limp. And so we are going to introduce something that we've never done before as Kalos Church. And we're going to do a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know that this might be a new concept for many of us, like what is prayer, what is fasting, and we're going to explain that. But I just want to say that as a community, we're going to start this year off saying, Jesus, we want to spend time with you in prayer, and we want to make sure our hearts are completely devoted to you, and 
and we're going to fast. And if you're new to that, don't be scared. Uh, it's going to look a lot of different ways. It's going to be between you and the Lord. But I want to make sure that we start off the year with that prayer in mind. Jesus, would you increase in my life? And would I decrease? Lord, we pray that prayer in John 3.30. And so today I want to share a scripture that kind of gives a biblical basis in a way about why we need prayer and fasting. And I, I just want to pose this question. If you're saying, hey, I wish I was able to be more of what I see God wants me to be. I wish I had more strength to kind of find that breakthrough. I'm sick of doing the things I don't want to do and not doing the things that I want to do. If that's you in this place, I really believe that this message will give you some tools to start off the year strong, to start off the year saying, Jesus, I'm going to center my life around you. Jesus, I want to start the year off with strength and not with a limb. Who's here saying, Jesus, I want to start off with strength and not like just, you know, passive, sitting. I want to press into all the things you have for me. So in Matthew 17, the scripture says, it says, when they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and very ill, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Dear Father, we just, we commit this year to you. And Lord, we, we want what you want. And as a community, I, I pray that we would uh, see you increase in our lives, in our world, in our community. And that we would decrease, Lord. That we wouldn't be the ones holding you back for all that you want to accomplish. Oh, Jesus. I just pray that as a community in this new season, Lord, that we would be your hands and feet, that we would make a difference in this community, that we would become and realize all that you want us to see and realize for our lives. Oh, Jesus, I'm so thankful for this community of Kalos. And we just in unity say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come, Lord, in Bellevue as it is in heaven. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this story is kind of unique. Jesus had gathered these disciples, ordinary people, and had been training them for works of ministry. He had equipped them to heal people, to proclaim that the kingdom is near, to cast out demons. And they had seen multiplication of bread and, and fish and things like that. They had been part of amazing miracles. Well, the disciples are in this situation where someone comes up to them and says, hey, can you heal my son? And they, they try to cast out a demon. They try to bring freedom and healing, and they fail. They fail. And this guy, this, he says, my son has not been healed. I, uh, Jesus, I tried to, you know, see if your disciples could make a difference in their lives, but they couldn't. And Jesus says, oh, you, you, you unbelieving and perverse generation. And it's just 
kind of weird reality that even though that the, they were disciples, they weren't able to walk in the full strength that maybe they had walked in in the past. Even though they were believers, there were still parts in their heart that were a little unbelieving. And I think the scripture can really help us start the year off strong. And he talks about these two words. He calls them unbelieving. Some translations say faithless. And he calls them perverted or perverse. And I think that this is a, a problem that many of us can resonate with. Even if we're believers or maybe we, we don't believe in Jesus or we don't believe in God. But there are parts in our life that we're just, we don't have belief in God. And we struggle and we hesitate. And Today, I really want to introduce the subject of prayer and fasting because I think it will help us start off strong. And I, I want to offer some uh, definitions for you. And so Jesus calls them um, unbelieving or faithless. And faithless, I just want to say, it really means not connected to God. So unbelieving, not connected to God. And he also calls them perverse or perverted. And a simple definition, if you're taking notes that I want to offer to you, is that perverted, too connected to the world. And as we walk into 2018, especially after December, when we are, we're kind of all about ourselves, how many of you guys are still full from December food? You're just like, oh man, I, I've gained my December 15th. But many of us, we feel at times uh, even I, as a pastor, feel like I just don't feel very uh, connected to God. I feel like I'm, 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 I'm unbelieving or I'm, I'm faithless. I, I just feel like my relationship with God used to be stronger, but somewhere along the road of life, it's just kind of dissipated. It's gone. And many of us at times, we feel kind of like we're too connected to the world. Like I'm dabbling in some things that I shouldn't be dabbling in. I'm, I'm entertaining some things in my life. My, my eyes are watching things maybe I don't want to be watching. Or maybe I'm, I'm surrounding myself in communities that are kind of like bringing Bringing me down and they're not helping me you know realize my full potential in Christ and it's like I'm weighed down I'm struggling and and today I'm not gonna really define those things for you how much you should be connected to God or what things you're connected to do you, but I'm gonna ask you right now to even make that the prayer of your heart Lord are there are are there places in my life where I'm not connected to you like I want to be or like I know you want me to be are there places in my heart where I'm just, I'm not connected to you? And also on the, the same notion, why don't we just ask ourselves right now and just invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us and say, God, are, are there parts of the world that I'm too connected to? Are there things that I'm doing that I don't really want to do anymore? Are there attitudes that are more representative of the systems of the world or anger and hatred and addiction and violence that I, I just don't want to be connected to anymore? And this whole idea, Jesus says that you struggled with casting out the sickness in the boy. And he calls them unbelieving and perverse. And he says that they are of little faith. And I think that's really convicting for us, but I'm so thankful that Jesus doesn't just uh, present the problem to them, but he offers them a solution. And that is the same solution that I believe that we can all learn from the scriptures today. So then they, they go to Jesus privately, which I can understand why they would do that. These are disciples. They, they, they tried to do the right thing. They try to cast out the demon. They try to bring healing. They try to step into maybe what God sees in me, but they failed. And I know that there are many times we go through that in our lives. 
where we, we try to do the right thing. We try to be spiritual enough. We try to be godly, but for some reason, we, we just fail and fail and fail. And it's during those times, sadly, we avoid God, and we kind of just get distracted. But these disciples, they went directly to Jesus privately. And my guess is they went to him privately because when he confronted them publicly, he called them some pretty harsh things. They're like, we're not going to talk about this publicly. Let's do this privately. And so Jesus says, hey, well, but some of these things only come out by prayer and fasting. And for those of you taking notes, I I just want to offer some definitions of prayer and fasting. So prayer, these are part of the solution to being unbelieving and perverse. Prayer really connects us to God. It's all about connecting to God. And fasting disconnects us from the world. So where there's unbelief and perversion, Jesus offers prayer and fasting. Because prayer is a means of connecting to God, and fasting is a means of disconnecting from the world. Prayer is an amazing opportunity for us because it means we get to spend time with God. Prayer is a time where we can hear from God, we can communicate with God, and when you spend time with someone, you grow in confidence in that person. When you spend time with someone, you grow in belief in that person. I don't know if you guys have ever gone on a trip, maybe it's a road trip, or it was a missions trip, and there's a group of people you were with, and you didn't really care for them at the beginning of the trip. But by the end of the trip, you've fallen in love with everyone. And there maybe there is a boy or a girl, and you have like what often we call proximity love. You're like, because I've spent so much time with this person, I'm in love with them. Or maybe you have a work buddy or a work friend, and you spend a lot of time with them. They're like your pal, your buddy. But as soon as you switch jobs or move, that relationship falls apart, and you never talk to them again. That's because time often is the building block of love. And when we connect with God in prayer, we build our faith in God. We build our love in God. We build our trust in God. You know, when my son Obi was first born, I didn't really feel a strong connection with him. And I felt a little embarrassed by that. I was like, this is my son. I'm his father. I'm supposed to love him. And uh, something really weird happened because, uh, like, I don't know, five or six months before he was born, our community, we called him Baby Greg. And we didn't know what we, we didn't really want to announce what his name was going to be because we thought if someone, this is a pet peeve, but when someone announces a baby name and then a bunch of people trash on it, I hate that. Because you're like, I'm about to name my son that. Amen. So, so we, <laughs> amen. So, Amrith and I were like, all right, we're not going to share our name with anybody because people are going to trash it. And my name is Pradeepan G. Manoharan Sivaretna, and this is Amritha G. Manoharan. So we're like, what name should we call our baby in the meantime? So we decided on Baby Greg. <laughs> so you will be Baby Greg G. Manoharan Sivaretna. And uh, our whole community called him that. And by the time he was born, I actually felt a connection to a baby Greg. And so my brown, hairy child, I couldn't help but thinking about him and talking to him as baby Greg because I had spent so much time and investment connecting with this relationship. And we decided to name him Obadiah Light Jiva Manoharan. But in my heart, in my mind, I was still secretly calling him baby Greg. (laughs) And it was through time where I, I, I developed 
relationship with my son and feelings for my son. And I, I just want to be honest, I love him way more today than the day I first met him. Because it was through time and through connecting with him, I felt our, our relationship grew and his trust of me grew. You know, as time grows, he, when he's in trouble, will instinctively, in a crowd, reach his hands out to me or Pastor Amritha. Because we've spent so much time together, there is trust. And prayer is just like that. As we spend time with God, as we pray, even if it's not a perfect prayer, even if it's not the best prayer, even if we don't have the right words at the right time, the more time we spend connecting with God in prayer, the more we find ourselves trusting him. The more we find ourselves believing in him, the more we feel like our relationship is okay. I don't know if you guys have had this where you have a a close friendship with someone, but you haven't seen each other in a couple of weeks, or you haven't connected like you used to in a couple of months, and you just kind of assume they hate you. Have you ever been there? It's like the more time you spend apart, you just kind of like think, wow, are they mad at me? But then when you get together, those feelings of trust and bonding are restored almost immediately. And you're like, why did I ever question that they love me? And so when there's unbelief, Jesus offers the solution of prayer that we would have time connecting with God. But also, there's this reality that many of us can be too connected to the world. And like I said, in 2017, maybe we developed some bad habits. Maybe we developed some patterns that we're not proud of. And I'm not going to define those things for you, but maybe there are things that you're doing that you wish you weren't, and you just feel like, I'm just too connected to the things that aren't bringing me life. I'm too connected to the things that are pulling me down. And I just need to be purged of that. I just need to be cleansed of that. Just like my sister, she said, I I just feel like I need to be on a 10-day retreat of silence. I just need that time of disconnection. And that is the power of a fast. A fast in the Bible is a time where you spend time abstaining from food, and there are many different types of fasts. But the point of a fast, and this is something I really want to communicate, it's not to punish yourself. It's not where you're saying, Jesus, like, look how much pain I'm going through. Like, okay, I'm going on a hunger strike so that you will appease my demands. That is not the point of a fast. The point of a fast is saying, hey, Lord, I don't want to be connected to the world. I don't want to be sustained by anything but by every word that comes out of your mouth, Lord. I want to be sustained by the Spirit and the Word of God. And so that is the power of a fast because it disconnects us from the world. And even physically, when you abstain from food, your body actually will start to detox itself. It will start to cleanse itself. Has anybody here ever gone on a fast where you abstain from food and you found like your body is starting to get rid of some weird, smelly things? Anybody here ever been around someone who is fasting? And you can confirm that their body has gone through some weird and smelly. Got some hesitant husbands here (laughs) saying (laughs) secretly, yes. Yes, I can testify that happened. Uh, (laughs) Let me read this quote on a physical level about what happens to our body. But I think it also mirrors what's happening to us spiritually. If we can put up that medical quote, Phil. um, It says, with fasting, the tongue usually becomes coated with a white, yellow, or gray film. This represents the body's cleansing, and it will usually clear when the detox cycle is complete. And so there's this reality that when your body 
goes without food for a while, your body stops focusing on digesting and starts focusing on healing. And things will start to be purged out of your body. Uh, like all sorts of the rainbow of colors will emerge on your tongue. And you can usually tell if someone's fasting around you because their body will emit an odor that's not so pleasant. <sighs> you might smell it in this place right now. But there's a reality that when you abstain from certain foods, negative things are purged out of your body. So it goes in the spiritual. When we abstain from food on a fast, it disconnects us from the world. It purges out some of these habits, some of these thought patterns, because we are in a position where we're saying, Lord, my whole dependence is on you. Jesus, my strength is coming from you. My hope is in you. Oh, Jesus Christ, I need you more than food. I need you more than these legitimate pleasures of the world. And there's just a great power that comes through fasting and abstaining from food, abstaining from the systems of the world. You know, I want to just be very vulnerable right now and just share that Kalos Church, this, this dream that's come true, we're in our 16th week as a church, it is the, the fruit of a time in prayer and fasting. In 2015, Pastor Namrith and I, we got pregnant for the first time, and we were so excited. We're finally going to have a baby. We were getting ready. We had, you know, Skyped with our family, talked with our friends. It was a season, a celebration. We're going to have a child. We have a new baby coming. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but we just couldn't wait to share it with you. We went to the hospital. We'd hear the heartbeat and get these checkups, and we we're excited about an ultrasound. But then one day, we got some really bad news. Um, the doctor said, hey, you guys are uh, going through something that we're calling a blighted ovum and we don't really know if there's a baby inside you or not. You're going through the signs of pregnancy. Uh, you're going to develop as if you're pregnant, but we're going to have to do some more tests. And so we were in this season where we didn't know what to pray for. We didn't know how to pray. Is there a baby in there? Is there not a baby there? So for month after month after month, we'd have to go to the doctor hoping, like, is there a baby in there? Is there not? What are we going to do? And we didn't know if we needed to pray for strength to endure this or pray for healing that God would change this. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a time of confusion like that, a time where it's just not black and white. It's just kind of gray, and you're like, God, what, what do I do? And eventually we had to, you know, not even feeling fully confident of that, we just let the body go through the process, and we, we lost that baby. And it was a super dark time in her life. And uh, I was a pastor, and uh, I'm, like, wanting to be on stage saying, hey, God is your strength. God is your hope. Like, let's do great things for the Lord. But I just found myself weeping and tired and not really in a place to offer hope to anybody because I was having a hard time feeling hope for myself. It really shook my faith in God. It really shook my relationship with God. And so I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. So in, in 2016, I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start the year. It was ex exactly about a year ago or, or something like that. And I said, or two years ago, I want, I want to um, pray and fast. So two years ago, I'm going to just pray and fast. So I, I went on a 40-day just water fast. And I, I spent that time where I would have been eating, spent it praying. 
And it wasn't because I was super holy that I went on a prayer and fasting time. It wasn't because I was super spiritual or because I was super strong. It's the exact opposite. It's because I was weak and my faith was shaken and I felt myself connected to depression. I felt myself connected to death. I felt myself connected to just this period of darkness in my life. And I said, Jesus, like, I don't want to have like this connection to the world and this disconnection from you because it's not working. I just don't feel any hope. Jesus, like, help me. So I, I, I'm like, I got to do something. And I decided I'm just going to pray and fast. Pray and fast. God, I need to connect with you. You're my only hope. And I need to disconnect from this death and this darkness. And so over that time, I'm going to be honest, it was super hard. It was really difficult. And there are times I didn't want to talk there are times I, I hardly wanted to preach. There are times I didn't feel like praying. But I just, through discipline, just putting my body down, basically saying, Jesus, I'm choosing to connect with you. Jesus, I'm choosing to disconnect from the world. And it was during that time of prayer, I felt like the Lord actually speak to me with such clarity. And he said, hey, Pradeepin, I know you're trying to build your physical family and you're failing at it. But I, I just want to deposit some hope in you. I want you to focus on building a spiritual family. I want you to build a beautiful church with me. And that's where the word kalos comes from. It means beautiful. And this reality right now, 16 weeks into a church plant, all the lives that have been changed here, all the new beginnings that have happened, all the friendship and the family and the community here really came out of a place of desperation and darkness, but also a place of prayer and fasting where God offered light and darkness and hope in the midst of depression. And through that time, we decided, all right, we're going to plant a church where I struggled with building a physical family. Lord, I'm going to trust you for building a spiritual family. Through prayer and fasting, I'm going to press into you. I'm not just going to be stuck in despair and darkness because, Jesus, you've offered me hope. You've offered me light. And Kalos Church, I want to share with you today. If you're stuck in that darkness, you've been too connected to that darkness and that despair and that depression, I want to let you know that through Jesus, there's light, there's beauty, there's hope, there's a second start, and out of the darkness, light can break through, that you are not too far gone for Jesus to birth something incredible in your life. And in 2018, no matter what happened in 2017, can we just agree to close the door on that and say, Jesus, my year, my 2018 is about you increasing and me decreasing, and that I believe that you have good plans for me, and I don't want to be like your disciples, even though that they spent time with Jesus, they were believers, but they had unbelief in their hearts. Jesus, even though we're here pursuing you, there might be places in our heart that are unbelieving. There might be places in our heart that are filled with darkness. But in 2018, Jesus, I choose to follow you. I choose to hope again. I choose to believe again. Kalos Church, that's why in this, this year we're saying, let's start off the year with prayer and fasting. So even in the midst of these hard times, we would say, Jesus, I want to be connected to you. And world, these bad habits, these patterns, I, I just want to be disconnected from that. I believe 
that it will be really powerful. And as we birth this church through prayer and fasting, I want to let you know that this, this thing has been sustained by prayer and fasting. Every Tuesday, we have prayed and fasted as a community. And I remember when we moved here, not knowing where we were going to find people to help us start a church. We didn't know anybody in Bellevue. Where were we going to find money? I want to tell you that almost every Tuesday this past summer, when we had nothing really, miracles seemed to just happen on Tuesdays when we prayed and fasted. And so practically, you're saying, you know, I want to connect to God. I want to disconnect with the world. Well, that's why we offer prayer and fasting to you. And so I want to give you some practical tips on how you can do this with us. And I want to let you know that this prayer and fasting season, it starts today, <laughs> January 7th, and we're going all the way through the 28th. And uh, some of you guys are like, I'm a planner. Like, why don't you give us a heads up? Like, it would have been nice to know this a month ago or a week ago. And I just want to say I'm so sorry. I humbly apologize. We're 16 weeks into this church plan. I apologize. Please forgive me. Do you guys forgive me? <laughs> and so we officially, as Kalos Church, start this fast on January 7th today. We're going to go through 28th, through the 28th, and on, on January 28th, we're going we're gonna to host a gathering where we're going to pray together. We're going to provide some foods and snacks and things like that, and we're going to cast vision for the next three to four months at Kalos Church, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to be something we call the Kalos Unveil, and uh, uh, super pumped about that, and on January 17th, we're going to have a a prayer and brainstorming session, prayer storming, if you will, where we can hear what God is speaking to us and kind of help as a community where we can all have a say, be like, God, what do you want for this new a season at Kalos Church. But quite practically, if you're saying, hey, I want to join you in prayer and fasting, either the 7th through the 28th, but if you're like, hey, I need some time to uh, kind of get rid of some old food in my fridge and, and get some new ones, you can start January 11th, this Thursday, and go all the way through January. And that'll, that'll be 21 days. So you can, I'll give you that option for my planners. Where are my planners at? Come on, somebody. So, <laughs> hallelujah. So, you're saying, hey, Pastor Bredeven, I was moved by your story of fasting. I want to engage too. All right, well, here's some practicals. So number one, if you're wanting to fast and pray with us, number one, I just want to encourage you to set an objective. Set an objective. So some objectives I have, and I'm encouraged that there, there are churches all across the nation that are doing 21 days of prayer just like us, like Church of the Highlands with Chris Hodges and a lot of this material I have actually gathered from that amazing church. But setting an objective, so um, some of the objectives I have are like, Lord, I declare my dependence on God. It's an objective I have in my heart. You guys can join me in that. Another objective in my prayer and fasting Asking for forgiveness, especially after December. It's another story. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, another objective I have is, Lord, I, I just want to focus on the eternal. Sometimes I just get caught up in just like the day-to-day activities where I'm like, ah, oh, Lord, what are you doing in cryptocurrency today? I'm like, oh, wait, let me think of the bigger picture. Oh, God, what are you doing in your kingdom? What are you doing, you know, in your spiritual realities? I want to have more of a focus on the eternal. Another objective I have is inviting the presence of the Lord in my life. I just want to be close to God this year, don't you? Don't you want to have a thriving relationship with God? Where he's just like, not just the first on a list of priorities, but he's the center of our whole lives. 
I love that. And, and specific prayer needs you might have in your life. Healing, finances, relationships. I mean, just set those things before the Lord. And it, it's amazing. I believe that many of you guys will have testimonies at the end of this 21-day prayer. Testimonies, meaning results. Look how God moved in my life. So number two, if you're saying, hey, I want to go in prayer and fasting, decide what type of fasting and prayer you want to do. So there are different options for fasting. So some of you guys might choose to go on a total fast, which means I'm not going to eat any food. I'm just going to drink water for 21 days. And I, I just encourage you, like, maybe consult with the doctor before today is up, and, uh, <laughs> or if you choose Thursday. Uh, you can abstain from all food and just say, I'm going to drink water, or maybe I'll just do juices. Some of you guys might choose smoothies. I think uh, Andrew and Rachel Jennings, they've just been doing smoothies for like seven days so far already. they got a head start on this thing. And uh, some of us, I think uh, we can do partial fasts. Um, maybe many of you guys have heard of something called a Daniel fast. Anybody ever hear of that? But a Daniel fast is like when you just, you abstain from meats and sweets and you're just eating like fruits and vegetables. So that'd be called what's like a partial fast. There's something called a, a Jewish fast, which means I, I'm going to not eat until like 3 p.m. every day or until 6 p.m. or I'm only going to eat when there's sun up and not sun down. So there's different options for kind of fast. So don't be intimidated. There's something for everyone here. And if you're like, ah, oh, I just, I'm not that spiritual. I don't know if I can do that. There's something for everyone here. And there's something else called like a soul fast. And that's when you're, you're saying, you know what, I just need to step away from social media a little bit. I just need to, I need to not be so obsessed with what is going on in the world. Some of us, we, we have a hard time having an attitude of positivity and faith because we just watch so much news. And it feels like we're constantly learning about all the bad things in the world. And you're just, anybody ever feel like you just got slimed on when you watch the news? You're just like, I started off kind of positive, but now I'm like depressed. Well, that, that might be something you consider fasting from. A soul fast saying, hey, I'm just gonna abstain from the news or social media. And I just really believe that as we do these things, that we can expect results. So number three, I would just place some results you're hoping to see before the Lord. Lord, I'm believing for my marriage to get better. Lord, I'm, I'm believing for healing. Lord, I'm trusting that you are a good God and you are a willing God and you're a capable God and that I can place these things before you. And as we go into this year, I believe that this prayer and fasting will start us off with strength and not a limp. That prayer, John 3.30, let's put that up again. Let this be a prayer for us this year in this fast. Lord, he must increase. Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. And band, you guys can come up here. I also want to share this, this verse from James 4.8. It says this, from James 4. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And I love this verse because it says that no matter how dirty our hands are, no matter how connected to the world we might feel, that as we, we say, God, I'm, I'm drawing close to you, he draws near to us. And just like when I was in that time of desperation, when we were struggling with our, our miscarriage, struggling with the loss of our first pregnancy, and just down and out, depressed, it honestly felt like there was no hope. 
But as I, I said, Jesus, I want you. I don't want the world. I need you. He spoke to me. And it changed everything. He spoke to me. And it made such a big difference in my life. And I, I, there might be some of you guys right now, you need a word from God. You need to feel that connection again. I want to let you know that as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. You're not so far from God that he has no purpose for you or plan for you. And so let's, in this season, let's, let's disconnect from death and connect to life. Let's let God increase and these things decrease. I believe that. 2018, God has an amazing plan for us. And I don't want to be like those disciples. Though they were believers, they had some unbelief. I want to believe that 2018 can be a year where miracles can happen. I want to believe that 2018 can be a year where healing happens. I want to believe that 2018 can be a year where depression doesn't dictate our lives anymore. I want to see in 2018 where our finances are blessed and we can be a blessing to those around us. I want 2018 where we can say, Jesus, you did amazing miracles this year. Miracles are so commonplace that they're just normal because we trust you, God. Can that be our prayer in 2018, Kalos, that we would start off strong? How many of you guys will believe with me that the best is yet to come, that God has a plan for us in this community? I'll praise you, Lord. Let's just close our eyes and, and just commit this time to the Lord. Oh, dear Father, we dedicate this year to you. And right now in our hearts, we just choose to disconnect from the world and we ask that you'd help us connect to you. Lord, I pray that you'd even speak to us. What are those things we need to disconnect from? And what are those ways we need to connect to you? Spending time in prayer, reading the scriptures, reserving a time for you and you alone. Lord, I'd, I just pray that your overwhelming love would be communicated to our hearts, that you love us and you want the best for us that you want to speak to us and that you are just so amazing.